The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. You're now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, Health Heroes? Tim Jacobs here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that defends public health by simplifying and demystifying how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into freedom, a healthy gut, and staying young, this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of the Health Hero Show. Today in the house, I have Sarah Felipe, and the reason I have her here is because I want to talk about breast implants today, and I want to talk about it to a big way, and I want to shine light on a topic that some people don't even know about. It's like, what's the big deal with breast implants? You know, I, um, I remember vividly going into a meeting one time, and um, this, this, this lady came in, and um, um, some, for some reason, we got talking about her breast implants. Now, this is way before I got in the deal, and, and it was kind of a thing like, yeah, you know, she got a bonus, so she got these breast implants, and I was like, think about that like literally she gets a a Christmas bonus and she takes it to go get these breast implants and she's very proud of her breasts and then she's like showing them off like in this meeting not not like taking them out of the package but you know just like I just thought it was weird and I was like well that's okay whatever I mean why you I mean I didn't think much about it because I was there for some other stuff but now looking back it was just it's kind of a bizarre thing where like it's it's like literally a, a form of mutilation uh, you're changing, you know, how the your, your your creator, however you want to think of God, he, she, it, you know, whatever that is, you're messing around with perfection and everybody is, you know, different. Now, I understand if somebody gets in a car wreck or something, and, you know, that kind of makes sense. Plastic surgery, I get that. But augmenting your face, your breast, your butt, I guess there's butt implants nowadays and all kinds of weird stuff they're putting into our body. And it, it's just a, it's a weird topic, but here's, here's the deal is what I've learned is that when you put something foreign into your body, it's your body, your immune system is going to attack it and it's going to try to push it out. Like when you get a sliver, what happens? You get an infection and your body pushes the sliver out of your body. Now, when you have a breast implant or, you know, mercury fillings or root canals, these types of things, but you have a breast implant, now your body is 24 seven around the clock creating a systemic or internal infection, trying to push out the implant. Mm -hmm. Now think about that. That's literally lowering your immune system 24 seven. And, you know, that might be the difference between all of a sudden the cancer shows up or the fibromyalgia shows up because your immune system's a kind of like the Navy, the army, the Marines, the air force, and it's got a business it's doing its thing. And it's part of the troops are over here dealing with this, you know, foreign object you've inject, you've put into your breast. What's it, what's it not dealing with? And then that's when something like, like cancer could take over or something like that. So mm-hmm. anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy topic. And we have somebody on here today who's actually been through it herself. She's been on both sides of it. And now she, now Sarah is actually going out and crusading um, around the world, trying to stop women from putting these breast implants in it. And, and literally when you guys are done today, listening to this, <clears throat> it's at the level of, if you're going to get a breast implant after listening to this episode, you're literally suicidal. I mean, that's at the level we're at today. I'm not, and I'm not saying that being cheeky or something like that. I'm saying that because this is the reality. This show is about bringing awareness, shining light on 
and bringing the truth to things so that you can make better decisions for your health because your health doesn't affect just you. It affects everybody else around you. So Sarah, thank you mm -hmm. so much for being here today. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Tim, for having me. And yeah, it is all of those things that you said. Um, so really good points. And so let's dive into it. Awesome. Well, let's just get into your backstory, which is really important. So because <clears throat> you weren't always this, um, you know, certified health coach and doing all that stuff. What were you doing before you even, I mean, tell us a little bit, how, how were you kind of raised up, you know, and like, yeah. were you middle-class America, you know, probably working class. I don't know. Tell us your background and then what kind of went through your head? What led you to implanting some breasts, getting breast implants? Yeah, this is a place I really actually almost always start is like back in childhood, because that is where as a, as a girl, I learned about what it means to be a woman and what makes a woman beautiful and sexy and desirable and all of those things that we want to be as women right and um so just going back to childhood i you know grew up in a poor family you know um my parents struggled to make ends meet we never really had a lot of healthy food on the table it was a lot of fast food a lot of canned and boxed foods um, I was allowed to eat whatever I wanted, junk, candy, ice cream, cookies, hot dogs, you name it. Um, and so, of course, you know, my starting out in life, I didn't have the greatest diet. I had colic as a newborn. And so my gut was already a wreck <laughs> before I even got started in life. Um, but I didn't really have any health symptoms, any issues to speak of until after I had implants placed. So, um, when I was, I would say, I don't recall exactly how old I was, but maybe around the age of 10 or 11, somewhere in there, um, we spent a lot of time at my grandmother's house. And in the summers, especially, we were always there swimming at the pool, at her pool, and just enjoying each other's company. And one day I remember her telling me, and she didn't know what she was doing. She didn't know what she was saying or what she was setting me up for. But one day she told me, um, you know, you're going to be four foot 11, just like me, but don't worry. Cause you're going to have the Johnson boobs. You're also going to have the Johnson boobs like me. Um, and she would also tell me other things, you know, like don't let your belly hang out, suck it in and stick your butt out, arch your back. It looks prettier. No one wants to see your belly hanging out. <laughs> it doesn't look good. And so I'm getting all of this information. These are inputs right, from someone who I looked up to, someone who I, um, you know, thought very highly of and just adored. And so, of course, you know, in my mind, I needed to worry if I didn't have the Johnson boobs, right? And I saw my mom, who was fairly small-chested, get teased a lot in the family by other family members, you know, about being flat-chested or not filling out her top or, you know, just how girls are women are just like that unfortunately and um i didn't want that to be me and so from a very young age i learned the value and importance that is placed on large breasts in our society and when i did not get the johnson boobs you know that created a lot of worry and um you know self-esteem issues lack of self-worth because i didn't have those things that i've you know, thought I was promised. <laughs> and so fast forward, you know, I had always um, wanted larger breasts. I stuffed my bra in middle school. 
Um, I always tried to make it look like they were bigger than they really were, of course, and I wasn't fooling anyone like this wasn't this isn't something that I got away with like fooling people that I had large breasts. Um, but you know when I was an adult and I started getting really into fitness a fitness lifestyle and that led to bodybuilding and I from there to see all these women on stage where I never wanted to compete like just that wasn't my personality, but I wanted to look like them. You know, and I was approaching 30 and I wanted to just be in the best shape of my life and I wanted that look. So I'm seeing all these beautiful women with this perfect shape, perfect musculature, so lean, but large breasts, but that's just so not natural, right? Women, if they have no body fat, typically don't have breasts either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think it was around that time really you know, it was other things in my life that had set the stage for that desire, but it was that bodybuilding world that I was exposed to that really pushed me into making that decision. That was kind of like that final, like, this is what I want. I need this to complete the picture. I need this to make me feel good about myself and to feel confident and to feel like I, I'm sexy and I'm desirable. And my husband didn't need it. He didn't want me to get them. He actually tried to encourage me not to get them. But it was something that I had wanted for so long, no one was going to stop me. And he, you know, was gracious enough to just let me have what I wanted, you know. And so I ended up getting them at around 30 years old. And it was an interesting experience because no one told me that it was possible for me to not love them and for me to feel differently than I anticipated about it when I got them. And so when I saw myself in the mirror for the first time, I cried because I thought, who in the world is this? I don't even recognize my body anymore, you know? And it was a, a disconnect between what I had been used to seeing in the mirror for, you know, the past 15 years. And now I changed myself and I didn't really recognize myself anymore. So that was a really unusual experience that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> yeah, you think you, after all that pre-programming and anticipation and with the bodybuilding thing that you would be like, woo, look at these. These are, I'm, I'm perfect now. And yeah. I have to say something about the whole bodybuilding thing, just because <clears throat> um, that's what I do. So I've worked with so many personal trainers and CrossFit competitors and, you know, athletes and, and especially the, the body building world. Now for me, there's nothing wrong with having a strong body having good muscle. I think it's a great thing to do. I, I build my body pretty much every day. I'm, you know, I want to have strong, strong bones. How do you do that? Weight resistance exercise. You have to have some type of resistance for most of us, unfortunately, that don't exercise. If there wasn't gravity, we would turn into mush. So thank God for gravity to keep our, some bone strength. But what happened is, is like in that industry, it's the fitness industry. I'll give you this one example. There's this one this one young woman, she's in her thirties, uh, three kids, and she was a uh, fitness competitor, right? And she, she told me what was going on. So she started having gut issues like colitis and really big, you know, potty problems and issues like that. And then when she's up on the stage, the day of the, the event, you know, because then they, they shred up and, you know, they stop drinking water and, and then their skin tightens up so they can look good for basically an hour right mm -hmm. and then after that then they usually go eat pizzas and cheeseburgers and blow up again until the next time it's time to cut up and stuff so there's this massive seesaw this all this work and this chemistry experiment to look a certain way for a moment in time 
and then they take the pictures and like look at me i look so great for like 10 minutes but they don't tell you that they're about ready to pass out on stage while they're getting the photos taken mm -hmm. so that's really not health so here's a gal she goes i feel like i'm also a personal trainer tim she goes i feel like i'm lying to my clients yeah because i'm having them follow this like you know eat the and i and i get it i've done it okay i'm done i'm not saying i'm not calling everybody out saying hey you're an idiot or stupid for doing this i did it too what i want you to do is i want you to wake up and feel good i think that you should have a good figure all the time if you look out in nature like wild animals are just fit mm -hmm. because they have certain natural movement patterns they eat certain things and it's just the way it is that's the way we should be we should just be fit Right. But to try to look fit for a moment through a chemistry experiment and be like, you know, I'm going to have you know six ounces of chicken breast and my steamed broccoli and my brown rice. It's all packaged and it's like a cookie cutter thing. I get it. Yeah, you can get results. But I'm telling you guys, I coach people in their 40s, 50s and 60s that have been doing this stuff their whole life. They start just shutting down. Their organs start shutting down and you're going to age faster. Yeah. No question. You are going to look. I mean, if you're wanting to look good you're doing the exact opposite because there's improper food combining and too, too much overconsumption of protein is shutting down the kidneys. So that's a whole nother topic, but it ties in perfectly to this breast implant thing, because what are we doing in a, as a fitness industry and with these breast implants and stuff like that, we're trying to satisfy some societal conditioning of a way that you have to look. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you, this is bullshit. This is mm -hmm. absolute bullshit. Your body is freaking perfect the way it is. And if some dude or dudette does not want to be with you because you won't augment yourself. Thank God. Thank you for telling me up front so I can get the hell out of here and go find somebody <laughs> that loves me for me. Right. Yeah. Put yourself as a priority for God's sakes. Okay. So sorry, that was me ranting, but it's, it's, this is a very important topic. I'm tired of people augmenting themselves for whatever reason, whether it's in the gym, just try to fill out some fantasy. It's not, you have to freaking fall in love with yourself, be in love with the vehicle. You got to take the best care of you can and be healthy from the inside out. It's a much better long term right. approach. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now you've just you've got these breast implants in, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so what's your what's your life like now with your relationship with your husband and uh, relationship with yourself? Are you working out still? What's going on? Yeah, you know, I I at the time was a nurse in a teaching hospital, busy teaching hospital, uh, high risk teaching hospital, and um, I had been working night shift for about five years. Uh, so there's another huge stressor on my body going back and forth between, you know, sleeping during the day and sleeping at night and it totally wrecked me. Um, so throw the breast implants on top of that, throw the really cyclical, um, hard workouts and dieting into the picture. And it's a recipe for disaster, right? I mean, just putting my body through so much. Um, and when I had my implants placed, like I said, I was struggling emotionally with with that decision just because, like I said, I just didn't it didn't feel like me. Eventually, I did grow to love them. <laughs> so I, you know, by the time I loved them is when I started kind of starting to experience symptoms. So around the six month point, I started experiencing, you know, brain fog, fatigue, um, insomnia, hair loss, weight gain. I had kind of destroyed my metabolism through the cyclical dieting and the bodybuilding world, right? So it wasn't right. just the implants playing, you know, fueling the inflammatory fire. It was also my way of life. And, um, you know, all the different things that I did to like try to get down to a certain body fat percentage so that for myself, I could look and 
look in the mirror and love what I saw. And even though I wasn't getting on a stage, you're right, it was a moment in time. And then it was, you know, after those periods of restriction, I went on binges and <laughs> just trying to um, satisfy my body and satisfy what it was needing, which was fuel, <laughs> you know? And so um, I put myself through a lot and it was really hard for me to connect the dots and figure out what was what because of that. So, you know, I didn't have the answer right away to all my health problems, but I did try to find an answer. You know, I started going from one doctor to the next with the symptoms I was dealing with asking, you know, can we run lab work? You know, what does my thyroid look like? What are my hormones like? What are my adrenals like? All of those things. And this is before I ever even found um, the more functional, holistic type of medicine. This was while I was still in conventional healthcare. Um, and you know, everyone I saw said, your hormones look fine. Your, you know, everything looks fine. This is maybe you need, and part of my, you know, what I was dealing with was a loss of sex drive and, you know, period problems and things like that. And I was always just told, well, you, maybe you need to spice up your sex life, or maybe you need to like, see someone and talk to someone about this. <laughs> Like it was in my head and I need counseling. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it got to a point where it was so severe. I could I couldn't even read. I couldn't tell you what I was reading within two minutes of reading it. It was just like in one ear out the other. I could not comprehend anything. I couldn't retain any information. I had to read it 20 times to really comprehend it. And then even 20 minutes later it wasn't, it was gone. <laughs> You know, so incredibly extreme brain fog and memory issues. Um, I couldn't handle any kind of stress whatsoever. Loud sounds, bright lights, chemical smells, of course, all the things that you have in a busy hospital setting. And it felt so maddening in my body. I just could barely tolerate being awake, <laughs> let alone being in public because you have so much stimulation and my nervous system was already just shot and overstimulated and taxed. And so anything else just would throw me over the edge. I was so irritable. Um, I couldn't cope with anything. I had lots of digestive issues popping up, gas, bloating, food and food intolerances, um, loose stool, but at the same time constipation. So it was, there were more issues going on that I didn't know at the time um later down the road i ended up getting diagnosed with stage four endometriosis which it was in my colon as well so that's why i could i always felt like i had to go to the bathroom but i could never go <laughs> and when i did it was looser and and so it was just this vicious cycle you know and i felt like i was always just trying to figure out what was wrong with me and no one could help me um so that was really a hard struggle. And not only that, but it impacted everyone around me. Like you said, you know, chronic illness doesn't just impact you, it impacts everyone else too. And that is so true. You know, my relationship with my husband suffered. We, when I had the implants placed, we had probably only been married about a year. So we were in a sense, sort of still newlyweds, figuring it out, you know, figuring out how to exist together and live together and also be good partners for each other. Right. And so um, I was, like I said, very irritable. I couldn't tolerate much and everything set me off. So I was just not a nice person to be around. Uh, I wasn't the person that he had married. And so our, our relationship struggled a lot. You know, we fought a lot. We just butted heads a lot. And it was mostly me, really. It was, <laughs> I just became a different person. 
And um, so that was a huge struggle. And then my relationships with other people struggled the same way because I was just no longer Sarah. I wasn't the person that people knew. You know, I turned into an entirely different person and no one really understood why or what was wrong with me. And I didn't understand either. I was trying to figure it out. So I ended up finding, I think through Sean Croxton, if you know who that is, um, his podcast, he is also a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. I used to used to be, and, um, he had a podcast and I can't remember what he called it back then, but anyway, he was talking about FDN. Um, and it, it just gave me this whole new perspective about health and healing and all of that. I didn't know there was another way, <laughs> but I discovered it through his podcast and that opened up a whole new set of doors for me. Um, I looked into functional diagnostic nutrition as, you know, an, an option for helping myself, but also, you know, if I'm this sick, there's got to be other people out there just like me. Maybe I can learn how to heal myself and then help other people, you know, teach other people how to do the same. Um, so I kind of, you know, went down that road of looking for help first and then knowing that, you know, I probably am going to end up becoming this type of practitioner myself as well. Um, they found, you know, a functional medicine doctor who helped me. I found another, you know, Lyme specialist who helped me, but nobody ever put all of the pieces of the puzzle together for me. And there was always something missing. And I always asked people, do you think it could be my implants? Because I had an intuition early on, but there was nobody out there talking about this. Um, this was back in 2012. I mean, no one was talking about it back then. There were no websites, there were no Facebook groups. Um, it wasn't on social media like it is now, you know, so it wasn't mainstream and I couldn't trust my intuition from the get go. You know, it was seven and a half grand to put them in. It was going to be another, I looked into it, another 13 to 15,000 to get them out. And I loved them and I wanted to try my very best to get to what I thought might be underlying causes and try to restore my health without having to get them out, which is hindsight is 2020, of course, right. But um, at that time, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to let, let them go. But so, you finally did. And thank yeah, God. I did. So we're going to take we're going to do this. We're going to take a quick break. And then I want to get back. And then we're going to talk about some of the issues that Sarah's seeing now that she's kind of run the gamut we'll, we'll kind of finish the story but then I want to talk about some of like the people that you're working with other people like you that are seeing you and let's go through those symptoms that way if anybody listening has breast implants and they're having those similar symptoms they can relate to it and be like oh maybe a light bulb will go off and they can get on the path to wellness by getting those suckers out of there we'll be right back the average person today is carrying around 6 to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material and mucoid plaque in the small and large intestine. That's gross, but worse, it's super unhealthy. That is why we created Gut Detox Formula. This ancient 1,000-year-old formula from India gently micro-cleanses the intestines, removing all of that funk and gunk and junk that is destroying your health. The best part? It is super gentle, and there is no diarrhea like most gut detox products, and it's made with the same chemical-free body promise, no stimulants, 100% nature, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I am back with Sarah Felipe, and we're talking everything about 
breast implants and breast implant illness, and hopefully, if you've been paying attention, breast implant removal to get your health back. So, so you, you, you know, you're groomed from society a certain way, and grandma tells you you have to have big boobs. You're going to get them because everybody else in the family's got them, but you didn't get them. So you get them, and you're, at six months later, your health is spiraling down. And this is the funny thing. It's like, really think about Sarah's story, guys. Like, she got into the medical community as a nurse, most likely because she wanted to help people with their health. So she's in the health field. And nurses, they don't even allow you to take time to take care of yourself in that business. I, I know it inside now. And out. Um, and then she's, a fit, she's into fitness. I mean, she's like working out and trying to stay fit. So she's in the health industry, in the fitness industry, trying to stay fit. And she's one of the most unfit, unhealthy people on the planet. And this is, this is how upside down, backwards, bizarro world that we live in today. So I tell people, like, you turn on the TV, 98% of it's completely BS, lies. It's just a bunch of, it's like, if they're selling you something on the TV, probably a good idea just not to buy it. Do exactly the opposite. So, mm -hmm. so she finally gets so miserable. And on a podcast outside of mainstream media, boom, she gets a new perspective, goes down a different path. And thus begins the process of her healing herself. And that's exactly what she did. So she gets the, she gets the breast implants removed. And, and, and as soon as you remove them, um, Sarah, how long was it before you started noticing like you were feeling better? Well, here, I want to give you a little bit more of this backstory because I, it wasn't, um, there's a lot in between. I'll just kind of sum it up for you. But, you know, I ended up with all kinds of gut issues, hormone, my hormones were totally tanked um diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease um you know all kinds of things you name it I had it and so I tried dealing with all those things you know with the support of different practitioners and I did get better I got about 50 percent better all right so that's before my explant and I mentioned I had a really hard time making that decision to finally have them removed but I think what it really boiled down to for me was fertility struggles you know so I got to this point where we had been trying to get pregnant for about two years and with no success. And I, it really started weighing on me, you know, that if this could be like, you know, the reason I'm not getting pregnant or contributing to some kind of, you know, hormonal problem. Um, and, and at the time I did suspect endometriosis, but I didn't have a confirmation. Uh, then what could it possibly be doing, even if I did get pregnant to a fetus growing inside of me? You know, and so I thought about it from that perspective and, you know, I think that really changed everything for me at that point. That was like a turning point in, in how I was thinking about everything, because I not only really my strongest desire in life was to have a family. Also, you know, could I live with myself if, God forbid, I had gotten pregnant and something was wrong, you know, with my child? knowing that I had that intuition and I ignored it, you know, not to say that people should feel guilty if that was their story. Um, you know, when we know, when we know better, we do better. Right. And so at that time, I just didn't know better. And so that was where I finally made the decision. You know, it was no longer just about me. It was about, you know, my husband and I, our family, our, um, future children, and I wanted the best for all of us. And so I decided to have them removed. I, once I finally committed to that, I had them out about two months later. Um, I flew out to Costa Rica to see Dr. Ursula uh, because at the time he was the expert in my mind. Now there are many others within the US that are also excellent explant surgeons. 
um, he was the one that I just had been following for a while and knew he would do the best thing for me. So got him out. And then um, I would say the things that I noticed as far as changes or improvements were not drastic. They were subtle. And so for me, you know, I was I was a very intense person. And I just think that was attributed to different infections that I had going on and the toxic overload and my nervous system was overwhelmed. And that kind of lightened up a bit for me. So I wasn't super tense anymore. I just felt calmer, softer, brighter, you know, just less anxious, less tense feeling. Um, and so really that was, that was the biggest change for me is just feeling like I had a stressor taken off of my body and I could breathe better again. I didn't have pain where my implants were when I was sleeping. They would always have a lot of rib pain because they were adhered to my rib cage. And so that, that also improved quite a bit. Uh, there were some things though that didn't get better and it was hormonal issues. It was acne, it was digestive issues. Um, I still was fairly irritable. I know I knew I had a lot of work to do post explant, and, and that's the thing I teach people is that you know explant is just step one. You've removed a source of toxic exposure, a, st a source of stress from the body. Now we have a lot work of work to do, you know, to let's, restore. Let's, let's pause for a moment and let's explain that toxic load and how yeah. it's getting into the body. So, can you go through the different types of implants and what they're made of and what, what those toxins are doing? Yeah. So um, there's, you know, two main different types of implants. One is saline and the other is silicone. And the silicone implants that are on the market now are the cohesive gel silicone implants. So they're what they call gummy bear implants. So that means that they're not liquid like the kind from the 70s and 80s, right? Um, and that was thought to be safer for people. However, it's really not there's it's exactly the same implant it's just a gel instead of a liquid and we know the biggest problem with these silicone gel implants is that um, at body temperature they bleed just like when you heat plastic up right it bleeds its contents into the food or the water or beverage or whatever is that it's you know that's sitting in it and then you know it's not just here and there that we're exposed to these things it's 24-7, they're inside our bodies, constantly just slowly bleeding into the lymphatic tissue. And there's a lot of really dense lymphatic tissue around the breast area and the armpits and everything, right? Mm -hmm. And and there's there have been people, many people, who have had lymph nodes that are full of silicone, or they're seeing silicone come out of different orifices of their body. So we know it travels, and these are risks that are not disclosed when someone's getting, you know, are consulting about getting implants placed. It's so unbelievable to me that it's even legal. Right, right. Like, how can it be legal knowing these things are going to like off gas and leak and stuff like that? And, you know, one of my clients, she had hers removed and it had leaked way into her lymph nodes. They had a whole bunch of lymph nodes taken out as well because that can cause cancer and other issues. Yeah. And, so it's not even just the silicone. The silicone is a, a neurotoxin as well, and it's very pervasive in the environment. It's not just the the implants that we have to worry about. You know, silicone has essentially replaced plastics um, in a lot of industries with the assumption that it's safer, and it's not. Um, so we've got this bioaccumulation of silicone coming from the implants, but also many, many other sources. 
And then in addition to that, we have heavy metals, we have, you know, other types of neurotoxins and chemicals in these implants, and it adds up to be around 38, I believe, different chemicals and heavy metals within implants. And it's not so much, you know, each one, it's their tiny amounts of each one, but it's this accumulation, it's the synergy of all of it together. You know, there's platinum. Platinum is a driver. They platinum will drive other toxic compounds into the cells. Um, I actually developed an allergic reaction to my to my um, wedding ring when I had my implants. That my, my wedding ring is platinum. I'm not wearing it right now, but I can wear it now just fine. Um, but I couldn't for years because it just created this ring of fire around my finger. So clearly, I was reacting to that ingredient. And clearly it, it was bleeding out of my implants because otherwise, why would I be reacting to it, right? So there's dots that are connecting there. And so the silicone implants have their own set of problems. The saline implants have a different set of problems. So saline, most people assume is safer. Saline implants are still created with the same silicone shell that silicone implants have. So you still have exposure to silicone, not as many other toxic compounds, but silicone is filled or sorry saline implants are filled um, after they're placed using a, a valve that's supposed to be one way where they can place um you know a device inside that valve and then fill it with the saline to the desired volume well sometimes that valve is defective upon implantation um, and sometimes through trauma or just user wear it can become defective over time and then you have fluid that can go both directions in and out of the implant like you get and, hit by a dodgeball right <laughs> or you fall on the ice or somebody falls or accident. on the el elbow you know it's like or if you're doing rugby you know all these women play a lot of rugby actually they do actually there's a there's a roller derby down here and these women they're tough yeah so i can imagine i, I you know thinking back to the roller derby there's many of those women that have breast implants yeah and they're just putting themselves at high risk out there throwing elbows and stuff trying to get the ball across the line or whatever they're doing right right so the problem with the valves allowing for fluid to go both directions is that whatever's surrounding those implants can get in and the breast tissue is not sterile so we have bacteria in the breast in the you know uh, breast duct work that can get into the implant and it's like a petri dish same thing with mold if you're exposed to mold in your home or in your workplace or in your car you know that can get into the implants and then what does mold love water <laughs> so it will thrive and i've seen implants come out of, of certain individuals filled with black mold and that doesn't mean it's common but it can happen you know and so that's a risk that no one's told about no one knows about and i don't think many people even in the medical world would even suspect that that's possible. So it's not for, a, uh, it's not that people want to deceive you. I think it's just a lack of awareness, a lack of knowledge about these potential hazards. So both of them are pretty darn toxic in their different ways. And then in addition to that, they're stimulating the immune system on a chronic basis, which can open the door for immune imbalances to occur. And then you can end up with reactivation of viruses, reactivation of you know stealth pathogens like Borrelia and Bartonella and Babesia, just different things like that. Um, you, you're feeding parasites, of course, because parasites love a toxic terrain. 
Um, you know, they use all those things to create their biofilm around themselves to protect themselves from the immune system. And so we have this disaster in the body that is being created, you know, a disaster of a terrain, essentially, that yeah. puts you up for, sets you up for chronic illness to ensue. And let's just go through some of those chronic illnesses and like, how do, how, how are people, women, how are they feeling? Like, what's, what are they noticing the symptoms of the people you're coaching? So I think some of the biggest are digestive issues. So gas bloating, gut diarrhea, constipation, SIBO, um, fungal overgrowth, parasite issues, obviously all those things that I touched on, hair loss, skin problems, mast cell activation disorders, um, or even just histamine intolerance. Um, even thyroid issues, hormone imbalances, uh, brain fog, poor memory, poor word recall, difficulty concentrating, difficulty learning new information, suicidal thoughts, feeling like you're dying, ringing in the ears. It, it, I mean, it crosses, the symptoms can cross so many different lines that it's really hard to figure out for some people, unless you happen to hear a podcast like this, <laughs> you know, and you connect the dots and you have this light bulb moment of, oh my gosh, you know, it's the implants. And that's usually what people experience is they hear it on a podcast or they see someone posting on social media, you know, they're not getting this information from their doctors. So it, it just, the symptoms are multi-systemic. And so because of that, healing is not super straightforward. I mean, it is a very complicated illness and it requires a multi-therapeutic approach to really address and resolve. Yeah, you just, you actually sounded like a pharmaceutical ad at the end there. You can be, <laughs> fish, you can be blind, you could fall off a curb, you could be suicidal you know, just absolutely. It's, yeah. it's really, you know, so for, for me, it's almost like, like you, you, if you have breast implants, not, you have to get them out. Like, this isn't like, well, maybe you should do this. Like, no, it's like you, I mean, if you love yourself at all, you have to get this stuff out or even maybe, maybe you're in a place right now where you are loving yourself, but maybe there's some kids around you, your children or an aunt or somebody that cares about you deeply and you, maybe you can do it for them. But, um, man, you want to get those suckers out of there because it's just, it's not, it's just not serving your life. It's not going to help you with your quality of life. And I mean, I mean, sign me up. Hey, I'd like to lose some hair. I mean, how many women are going to want that deal? No. And you know, you had some hair loss too. Did, did, did it come back hundred percent? Yeah, I did have a lot of hair loss. Um, and yeah, it came back. I mean, I think, um, I def I had Hashimoto's for a while there. It's in remission now, but uh, I was losing a lot of hair at that time by the fistful. So, Whoa. yeah, <laughs> not pretty. Yeah, and it's like nobody nobody's talking about this. They're just like, oh, your breasts are going to be big and beautiful, and you're going to be dancing around in flowers, and you're going to be the, the you know everybody's going to be looking at you, and you're going to be so impressive. And yeah, at the that's sacrifice. what you're getting. That, that, that's what you're getting sold, but. And then you end up with gut issues, fungal overgrowth, hair loss, histamine intolerance, bad sleep, brain fog, yada, 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 down, down the line. Depressed, so, anxious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Depression. No big deal. So uh, hopefully that I just wanted to go cover that be really, you know, I, I just kind of like in your face about it because it's like people need to know about it, what the, what the reality is going on. I've worked with a lot of women that have had breast implants and had them out. And, and that's a really sad thing because it's kind of like, for me, I, I guess my biggest experience that would be closest to this is I had a mouthful of mercury. 
right? And when I found out that those suckers were off-gassing like the second most toxic substance on the planet into my body 24 seven, I'm like, I literally had to make a decision. Do I pay my taxes or do I get my mercury out of my teeth? Guess what I did? I got freaking mer mercury out. I actually paid a little bit more in penalties and late fees just to get them out of there. So it's crazy because I remember going, we pay to get that stuff put in us and then we have to pay to get it out because there's no, no, nothing covering it. Exactly. They're not, there's no, you, you have to out of pocket pay this, which is unfortunate, but and legal, I just don't get it. So anyway, don't put them in. If you're thinking right. about breast implants, don't get breast implants. Don't get root canals. Don't get mercury in your mouth. Do not put foreign objects in your body or yeah, yeah, your body. I was going to say, or your butt. It's like there's people doing butt cheek implants nowadays. I mean, I'm like, what in the world is, what is happening to our world today that you're, yeah. what, you what kind it. of a place are we living in where you have to have butt cheek implants? I don't get it. Right. You name it, there's an implant for it. <laughs> Where else are people getting implants? I mean, I know they're squirting toxic Botox in their lips and their eyes and foreheads and stuff like that. Yeah. So cheeks, chin, butt, calves. I mean, usually men with the calves. <laughs> um, hey, I think those are the main ones. Oh, my God. I That's know. crazy. That's crazy. I was trying to think of what kind of implant that I would, I would want to get. And I'm just like, mm, I don't want any of them none so, yeah it's better yeah. to be like you know accept yourself love yourself for who you are and how you were created and let yourself age gradually and naturally and gracefully it's just a part of living <laughs> yeah know? yeah absolutely okay cool so let's take another break and then when we get back i want to talk about like all the stuff you did and like adjunct to you know besides getting the breast implants then we'll talk about the recovery time which is much longer than people think but it's you know it's something you have to go through um and we'll go through all that when we return we'll be right back turmeric has been used for thousands of years all across india and southeast asia and is one of the best anti-inflammatory compounds on earth now you can get these incredible benefits with the new chemical-free body turmeric 100 liquid drops. This ethically sourced breakthrough solution absorbs over 100 times better than regular turmeric products, eliminating the need to add black pepper. Turmeric 100 helps against inflammation and pain and is made with the same chemical-free body promise. No stimulants, 100% natural, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I am back with Sarah Felipe. We've been talking about everything breast implants. Um, you know, there's there's also, um, I'll plug the book. There's a, a gal, there's a, a good book if you want to just hand it to people called The Naked Truth About Breast Implants by Dr. Susan Kolb. The Naked Truth About Breast Implants. That's a great book. Like if you have somebody in your family and you're listening to this, and you're like, wow, I'd really like to help them. But you know that if you approach them, they're going to backhand you. Um, for trying to stop their dream from happening. Um, handing them a book is something to say, hey, you might want to read this um, prior to getting those breast implants just so you have you know, the rest of the story. And uh, just that, that's, that's a good thing to do. And then you, you don't have to be the expert. You just hand them a book. Um, and at the end here, stick around because we'll give you um, uh, Sarah's website as well. It'll be in the show notes. So this is what she does for a living, helping people reverse breast implant illness. That's kind of a teaser to her website because that's what it is reverse breast implant illness.com all right so spoiler alert all right so you got your breast implants out so now why don't you tell people like um what's the recovery time because i thought it was like six months to a year but you're saying it could be up to two years 
Well, recovery from surgery itself, the physical part. Um, yeah, that's a long process. I mean, just being able to get back to your normal daily activities is about a month, assuming that everything goes as planned and there's no complications of the surgery. Um, but you know, breasts, the breasts will change on a weekly basis. And so for up to a full year. So that remodeling process that's happening after that really invasive procedure continues to be ongoing for a good year. And so people, what you're left with, you know, what you are going to see in the mirror, you're not really going to know for about a full year. So that part of it, yes, can be long. And then the, the, the actual healing from the inside out part can be even longer than that. So I generally tell people, you know, expect it to be years, not months, because most people are not aware or understanding this big picture perspective of, um, you know, looking at their life and their stressors from birth until now. They hear breast implant illness and they get tunnel vision. And this is the answer. All I need to do is explant, you know, and then I'm going to feel better. And this is going to like, you know, be my panacea. This is going to take me back to before I had my implants and how I felt then. And I'm just going to be miraculously healed. And that's a lot of what you see on the internet, but it's not the majority of what happens in real life. So, you know, we have to think about all the different types of stressors on the body and start um, identifying and removing them. So that's part of what I do with my clients is I take them through their, their, you know, self-narrative, I call it, you know, we start with in utero, what was going on in utero and all the way up till now. And that helps to kind of uncover the pieces of the puzzle that we need to, the pieces of the puzzle that we need to focus on in order to restore health. So it's not just about their breast implants. And I want to be clear about that. There's more going on likely, but they're a huge stressor on the body. And I tried myself to, to heal without taking them out. And it just was an uphill battle. I was swimming upstream the entire time. And so for true and lasting healing, yeah, we need to get them out. And then what else is going on? Like, you know, what else is a part of this picture? Do you have amalgams? Do you have root canals? Are you living in mold? You know, do you have lots of infections going on that need to be addressed? You know, Lyme disease, different things like that. Um, is there trauma in your past? You know, what else? So I think it's really important to look at that whole person, the whole picture to get an idea of what we need to do. Um, from a healing perspective, you know, I really focused on the nervous system because like I said, my nervous system was shot. Um, I couldn't even smile for more than a couple seconds without my cheeks just quivering like crazy. Um, and, you know, I couldn't hold my hand out straight without my fingers just quivering too. I mean, everything was affected. Uh, so, you know, I did a lot of nervous system regulation. Um, just, I switched my entire lifestyle. I know I stopped bodybuilding. I stopped lifting weights. I focused on restorative yoga and just very gentle things walking, you know, getting sunshine, getting outside, getting fresh air, um, just being in peaceful settings to tell my nervous system it's it's safe, it's calm, you know, we don't have to fight so hard. And, you know, then the next, you know, thing that I that I focus on that I focus on with myself and that I also focus on with clients is detoxing the body. And, you know, the first step in that is going to be draining 
drainage and making sure that your drainage pathways are working well. So, you know, if you're not pooping regularly, how are you going to eliminate the toxins from the breast implants, you know, and any other source of exposure? It's the same thing. You know, we can pull toxins from the cells and the tissues, but if you can't get rid of them because you're constipated or you're not pooping regularly, then what's the point? You're just making it worse. You're auto intoxicating. Right. So that has to be really dialed in. So pooping two to three times a day is what my goal is for people who are sick and needing to heal. Um, supporting the liver and the gallbladder and the kidneys and the lymph. And and I think one of the things that women like us who have had an explant surgery don't realize is that that surgery creates a lot of scar tissue and possibly adhesions, and that can impact lymphatic flow pretty significantly. So we need to do scar work. You know, we need to yes. do fascia work and we need to be making sure that the energy in our body can flow. And um, when we focus on those things first and the rest of your efforts will be so much easier to manage and tolerate and work through. So those are kind of the foundational things. And of course, cleaning up your lifestyle and your diet and your water and your air and your things in your home, of course, that are contributing to the toxic bucket. That's all really important as well. So that's foundation. And then moving into gut work, parasite work, um, you know, this is something that I did after resolving SIBO as an issue for me because I was so miserable with the SIBO, I couldn't possibly do anything else. <laughs> it was so just, it just ruled my life, basically. I was down to like a few foods that I could tolerate. <laughs> so doing that gut work was a really important step for me and then tackling some some deeper immune issues and um, then getting to some detox work and being very intentional about that. And, you know, I'm very um, intentional about specific binders that I use and making sure to support the drainage pathways and the biochemical detoxification pathways, getting enough nutrients in the diet to support all of that is really key. And, um, and then moving into, you know, if there's, uh, you know, stealth infections to deal with, that's kind of like the last straw for me as far as what we need to deal with last is that furthest thing upstream, right? And it's the immune imbalances that were created. But it's all, it all, everything impacts everything else. Nothing happens in a vacuum. It's all a big ripple effect throughout the body, right? Um, right. And so kind of have to do some of this a little bit simultaneously, you know, you can't do parasite work and not be on binders, you know, for binding toxins and heavy metals, you know, so there is um, a little bit of detox work within everything that I do and everything that I did for myself. But when we get really specific into the heavy metals, the chemicals, the radiation, you know, different things like that then you know we're focused really on that pretty intensely and detox in today's world needs to be a lifestyle you know we can't just it's not a one and done um it's not a couple of months of a process and then you're done you know we're constantly exposed to more every day and so that that is really a big take home for what i teach is that you know this is an ongoing process that we have to just come to terms with has got to be a part of our lifestyle and the kind of world we're living in. So those are kind of the main things that I did for myself and that have become a part of the work that I do with my clients. 
Yeah, it's definitely a process. I've been at this for 12 years on my own personal journey. And you think, well, I got this handled. And then you're like, you learn something else and you can take it to another level and you actually feel better. And then you wake up and you, then you bump up your health a couple notches. And then you're like, wow, I couldn't possibly feel any better than I feel now. And then you do, you bump it up another notch doing this, two more doing that, three more doing this. And this stuff, it's a, it's a constant, it's a lifestyle. Right? Yeah. It's a lifestyle. So if you're on the standard American diet, maybe nothing was wrong at that point in time, but you got breast implants and that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Just getting them out might not be the solution because it's it was a big problem. Obviously, you're re removing that sliver, as we called it, so it stops making that infection. But you know, you, you if you're if you have chemical overload, if you're stressed out, and you're definitely polluted, which we know everybody is at some level, um, you have to have daily strategies for this. So mm -hmm. I mean, I wrote an article for the Hippocrates magazine. I'm pretty sure it's out, if not now, very soon. And it just identifies the three main areas that's causing pretty much everybody's health issues. And it's stress, it's pollution and chemical pollution. And then, uh, and that would include, you know, heavy metals and that kind of stuff. And then uh, mold, yeast, fungus, all that. And then, and then you have deficiency in nutrients. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's not really that hard. I mean, if you can get strategies to reduce your stress, make them daily practice, like walking out in nature, like Sarah said, she did, she's getting fresh air, walking itself. Um, breath work, meditation, saunas, you have something that you can do to um, get the chemicals out. Again, detoxing saunas, protocols, supplements, mm -hmm. stuff like that. We have detox products as well. And then, um, and, then and then replacing the nutrients that are missing, eating fresher foods, growing your own sprouts, going to farmer's markets, supplementing with high quality nutritional supplements that aren't mm -hmm. compromised. You put that all together into a lifestyle and slowly but surely you, you get your health back and you get the satisfaction of knowing you did it yourself. And it's, it's quite empowering. Yeah. So it's a process. Absolutely. Process. Absolutely. And you know, the thing is, uh, is that we don't really have any evidence because it hasn't been studied yet. There are studies coming hopefully, <laughs> um, for looking at how do we get silicone out of the body? you know, because it's very sticky, it's like glue, you know, and how do you move that? How do you get it to come out? And, and does it have a charge? Because there's lots of different types of silicone molecules. And what is the body doing with those? Is it breaking them down into different molecules? What is the charge of this all? Can it be bound? Like, is it bindable? Um, and so there's a lot up in the air still. But what I can say is that when we do the detox work, when we do all of the work that we do, you know, for restoring health that you just talked about, people get better. And so for me, that's all the evidence I need is that anecdotal evidence. Yeah. And we don't know what we're pulling out. We don't know if silicone is coming out or not, but people anecdotally get better. So I have to believe that it's working on some level. And then sauna is so great because it heats the body, you know, and it heats the lymphatic tissue. And if we can heat the silicone that's left in there and move it, you know, saunas and then body work, you know, can help move that stuff out. So I think for people dealing with breast implant illness um, and silicone as a part of their picture, you know, that is a really important piece that's very specific to this issue yeah. that we're dealing with is yeah, heat and movement, heat and moving things through the body. Yeah. For those of you that do not have a sauna in your house, or maybe you do have a sauna, I still would highly suggest go back and listen to episode 61. And I interviewed uh, Phil Wilson about how to choose the right infrared sauna. So we've, 
I've been a sauna dealer. You probably didn't know this, Sarah, for about nine years. And I won't mention the name of the company, but it's a great company. They have great saunas, but they're the big wooden box saunas and virtually no EMFs, no ELFs as well. They actually coated the lines coming in to protect people from that, which most people aren't even thinking about. Uh, panels in proper position for maximum detoxification, um, lifetime warranty. It's just a great, it's a great company, great deal. But this other technology is like six to nine times better. They broke a natural law. So now I have these little, this little tent sauna that's, I do it every day. And I was able to push lots of uh, heavy metals out of my body, like pouring out into the, like pouring out into my white cotton organic towels. And you can just see it. And I got pictures of it, videos for months. And mm -hmm. I'm like the super detox dude. Like I'm like detoxing. I mean, I've been doing this stuff. I mean, leaven, water fast, juice fast for 40 days. I mean, I've been doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Liver gut detoxes. I've been, you know, all kinds of stuff. And all of a sudden here I am 11 years into it. And this heavy metals are pouring out of my body. So guys check out episode 61. Uh, if you haven't already checked it out and, and learn about those saunas, they can be a huge adjunct to your health regimen and turning your home into a healing spa. And they reduce, they reduce stress big time in 15 minutes, like it or not, which most people like that. So, all right, um, Sarah, great information today. You have a great backstory. Um, I'm sorry, but it's not, I'm not sorry, but I'm glad that you were able to go through that process to heal yourself. You probably feel super empowered right now. You're in charge of your health. You're not worried about getting all these problems anymore because you kind of know how to you fix it and fix anything else that comes along if you needed to, but you won't have to worry about that because you're creating a good internal terrain for your body and your immune system to thrive. So when you wake up, how good do you feel nowadays? Great. I mean, I jump out of bed. <laughs> I don't wake up to an alarm. I let myself just wake up to the sunrise. And um, so some sometimes of the year that's early, 5.30, and sometimes it's not until 7, 7.30. Yeah. <laughs> just so you yeah. guys know, she lives on the side of a cliff and there's a big lake down below her. So she jumps out of bed into the lake, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like a 500 foot fall. You do like triple flips yeah no that's no, how no. healthy she is guys she is that <laughs> healthy now she's feeling that good that's amazing yeah. unbelievable <laughs> yeah i mean the chronic fatigue chronic fatigue wasn't i don't even think i mentioned that but yeah that was a huge one and it's a very common symptom for people yeah. Yeah. some people have a hard time dragging themselves out of bed and stimulating themselves through the day and then passing out and doing it all over again so i'm, I'm glad that you're out of that you're a walking shining example to other people so uh, where's the best place for people to find you and what you do? So they can find me. Um, my website is reversingbreastimplantillness.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram and YouTube. I just, well, I have a YouTube channel that um, there were some videos on there from a while ago. And, and now I've actually just um, started a, a, a movement essentially called the Life Beyond Explant Movement from Pain to Empowerment. And so you're going to see lots of great interviews there of women, various women sharing their stories. And it's just a beautiful thing. So check that out, too. That's awesome. Yeah, I just uh, recently got uh, my YouTube account shut down because they don't like truth, freedom, health, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, hopefully they'll shut you down, too, Sarah. Then you'll <laughs> know you're making a difference. <laughs> yeah, I'll know I've made it. <laughs> you just got to You just got to like you, you can't say certain words. You can't say, you know, vaccine. I mean, anything like that. And it's like, well, they'll take you down or I get these people on that are controversial on my show. And then they just, you know, their names there, they just whack you. So I finally got strike one, strike two. I'm out. I'm okay with it. So you can use <laughs> listening to us. You're on probably a different platform because you can't hear it on YouTube anymore, but that's okay. I've, that's kind of a feather in my cap. So anyway, um, well, that's it. Uh, so go to reversing 
reversingbreastimplantillness.com. That's reversingbreastimplantillness.com. You can learn more about Sarah Felipe and what she's doing over there to help other women um, get through these troubling times of societal conditioning and these darn breast implants. So Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your time today. And I also wanted to thank the listeners around the world. I love you guys so much. I hope this is a very impactful episode that you can share and use it as a tool. Again, you don't have to be the expert. You can hear it. If it kind of resonates and makes sense with you. It's like, wow, it's, I had no idea. It's like, you know, and Sally's thinking about getting one of them breast implants. I definitely need to get this over to you. So Sally, if you're listening and you got referred to this, um, it's all about love. That's what we're here for because we just don't want you to go through the hell that's going to happen when you put in a breast implant. And it might not be six months in. It could be six years down the road and all of a sudden it shows up. But um, it's definitely a ticking time bomb. And, and why alter your beautiful self? Creation does not make mistakes. You're made perfect. So I hope that whoever's listening to this loves themselves enough to opt out of this and just get back into nature and, um, and still work on the other stuff. You know, work on detoxing, work on nutrition, work on um, reversing uh, your, your stress in your life and having and daily habits in there that take care of that kind of stuff. Because you are a, a very special individual and you should take care of yourself first. And that's how you can best take care of other people is to put yourself first. So thank you guys around the world for listening. Please like, share, and subscribe. And until next time, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you guys again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening again to the Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to the Health Hero Show with Tim James.